waqtuluhum haisu sakiftuluhum wa akhrijuhum min haisu akhrajukum bal fitnatu ashaddu min al-qatl and kill them wherever you find them and drive them from there and drive them from where they drove you out and persecution is worse than slaughter this is chapter 2 verse 191 wa qatiluhum hat ിലിജിയൻ ഇസ് ഓൺലി for allah the word used for religion here is deen which generally muslims say is the way you live and the last one is chapter 8 verse 39 wa qatiluhum hatta ഫിറ്റ്നോസിക്യൂഷൻ and all religions are for allah but if they desist desist then surely allah is seer of what they do i have picked these verses because last week we had ve day ve day is victory in europe day when germans Nazi Germany generals of the Nazi Germany they laid down their arms and surrendered to the british and the americans and, and the french and, and the russians and it seemed to me that this verse of the holy quran was very relevant because this is exactly what the british did what this verse of the holy quran is telling them this is what the french and the russians were doing and kill them wherever you find them and drive them out where where they drove you out and persecution is worse than slaughter now here god is telling us that although fighting and war a bad there is no such thing as absolute peace because a time will come when you will have to stand up for your rights or for the rights of others and defend them 
And this is what the allies, what the Western powers claim that they did. That they stood up for the rights of the people who had been occupied by Germany. And it says, and kill them wherever you find them, drive them out from where they drove you out. And Germans had occupied the whole of Holland, the whole of Belgium, Poland, France, you name it, there were many countries. <clears throat> what was Yugoslavia, all the way up to Turkey almost. And of course, large parts of Russia. And they, they did kill them. The Russians killed them. The French killed them. The Americans killed them wherever they found Germans. The British killed them. But when it comes to this verse of the Holy Quran, suddenly Islam is intolerant and Muslims are intolerant. But that verse is in the, in the, in, in the context of persecution. Why did you do it? You see, let's step back. <clears throat> We have the First World War, and I gave a series of khutbahs on that, so let's not go into the causes and the conduct and the uh, uh, consequences and so on. But at the end of the war, what the Americans and the French and the British, what the, the Allies, the law they applied was almost Judaic law, Mosaic law. And what was that? That when you conquer a town, the Old Testament tell, tells us, you slaughter all its men, even babies, even old men, even those who are invalids and incapacitated. You kill them. Why? Because you have what? You are now masters. And you show these people. This is how they're going to be treated and this is what their place in life is, to be second-class citizens to the Jewish rulers. And that was exactly the law. They didn't say they were applying Mosaic law, but that was what they did. They said to Germans, you've lost, so we are going to divide up your country. We are going to take large chunks of it where there are coal mines. We are going to take large chunks of it where there are steel mills. And we are going to give them to France and other places. And on top of that, you have to pay us war reparations. Hundreds of millions of pounds. It led to the same thing. They didn't shoot them, but Germans were starving. If they were sick, they couldn't buy medicine because they didn't have any money. No one had any finances. The government didn't have any money. So they applied the Judaic law. And what did that lead to? That led to the Second World War and the persecution of those people whom Germans perceived to have been an instrument of the Allies in their humiliation and in their degradation and the loss of economic power and life and facilities to live a comfortable life. So they took it out on those people as soon as they could. And they created 
concentration camps where these people were herded. Some were Jews and this is what people always concentrated, concentrate on. But remember, a large number were from other countries. There was a large number of gypsies there. There was a large number of Polish people there. There was a large, large number of Russians there in these concentration camps. Why? Germans had been persecuted. They had been unkindly treated. So they said, okay, now it's our turn. We'll take our revenge from these people. Now, what was the reaction of the British and the Americans at the beginning of this crisis? They tried to follow Jesus' teaching, which is peace, 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 forgiveness, forgiveness. They weren't too keen to forgive the Germans. They wanted them to pay war reparations. They weren't too keen to forgive the Germans. They wanted to take away large tracts of their country and hand them over willy-nilly, as they did in Palestine after the First World War. Large tracts of land, they occupied. Oh, this one can, Britain can have this one. Oh, France can have this one. And what was the result? of following Jesus' teaching. They said, it's okay. Give Hitler Sudetenland. That's all right. That will calm him down. We don't want war. Those people, what do they matter? They don't want to live with Germany. So what? They want to be with another country. So what? We want peace. The the height of high-handedness and arrogance of the Western powers was unbelievable. Unbelievable that they should take a part of a country and say to them, you're a small country, you're a weak country, you're economically poor, you can't do anything. We are prevent trying to prevent a war, so let's give your country. I don't know why they didn't give Wales to Germany or Scotland. When it came to their own country, they were keen enough to protect it. But when it was someone else's country, oh, we want peace. But where did this appeasement leave? Germans stopped paying reparations. They said, oh, okay, it doesn't matter. Germans, German armies moved in to roar and so on, which had been uh, unfairly, without any justification or justice, been given to France and took it over. We don't want anything, we want peace. They demanded a power of Czechoslovakia. Oh, that's okay. Czechs don't mind. They're a small country. They don't matter. Let's give Sudetenland to Nazi Germany. He kept on asking. Nazis kept on asking and they kept on getting. And eventually, what happened? When they stopped getting what they wanted, they simply invaded. They invaded Poland. There's Germans living there. 
It's a part of our land. It was a part of our country hundreds of years ago. We want it. You're not going to give it to us? We'll take it by force. And they did. So where did this turning the other cheek take the Allies? What did they have to do in the end? They had to do what the Quran tells them. Moisic teaching failed. Jesus' teaching failed. Muhammad's teaching, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, succeeded. Because what did God tell him? To tell people. Persecution is worse than slaughter. If this teaching had been obeyed and adhered to earlier on, Perhaps so many millions may not have died. No one mentioned the Russians at the various ceremonies that, that, that they took place. The largest number of people who died in the Second World War were Russian civilians. I think uh, I vaguely remember reading somewhere that over 40 million Russians died. I know killing of one person is a terrible thing. But no one remembered them in these uh, ceremonies. But anyway, let's get, get back to the point. The Western powers had to resort to what the Holy Quran taught. Where you find persecution, stand up to it. If you don't, then the result will be worse. If people had stood up to Hitler in the first place, so many millions may not have died. And as I keep on saying, salvation of the world, whether you're Muslim or non-Muslim, lies in following the Holy Quran. It doesn't matter whether you believe in God or not. It is, it's immaterial whether you believe in the prophethood of the Holy Prophet Muhammad If you follow these teachings, you will be successful and that was what happened. And once the Americans and the British and uh, so on started fighting, they did kill them wherever they found them. What was the purpose of dropping two atomic bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki and killing Japanese? Doesn't it come under this and kill them wherever you found them? These are civilians. Islamic law forbids killing of civilians. But wherever you found a Japanese, not even one who was a combatant, you killed him. And for what? The Quran says, drive them out from where they drove you out. Until when? And that's given in verse, actually verse 192 says, but if they desist, then surely Allah is forgiving mercy. They didn't. They kept on fighting until the very end. And then God says, and fight them until there is no persecution. And religion is only for Allah. Some people twist this to mean that Muslims should go out sword in hand and kill others until everyone embraces Islam. And this is, they have this story that early in the early ages, Muslims used to go out 
Quran in the left hand and sword in the right hand and they used to say to non-Muslims embrace the Holy Quran, become Muslims and become our brothers. If they re refused then they would say okay you don't want to become Muslims then what you have to do is what you have to do is pay us jizya, pay us the uh, the, ta uh, the, um, the tax that has to be paid and then you can live in peace. If not, then here is the sword for you. But if you look at the verse 839 uh, uh, that I recited for you and fight with them until there is no more persecution and all religions are for Allah. The translation is all religions but the word Arabic word is the and everyone would tell you that Islam is not a religion, Islam is a deen, it's a way of life. So what these verses are saying that fight with them until everyone lives the way they see fit. And but the interesting thing is that particularly for the Americans the British weren't involved in this, particularly for the Americans, that they brought to Europe in the First World War and the Second World War soldiers who were African Americans as they are called now. And they wanted to treat them like second class citizens and slaves. And they did treat them as second-class citizens and slaves. There were public houses where the American colonel or brigadier or whoever would go and say, do you want to designate your uh, uh, public house a white public house or a black public house? And there was one man in Bristol, a British person, who was brave enough to say, go away. Anyone who has the money to pay me can come into my public house. That's what public house means. I don't put any restrictions. There were white British women who married black soldiers and became pregnant. Did you know that in most American states it was a criminal offense for a white girl or a white boy to marry a black person? You went to jail. These families were split. The girl, being white, could not go to the States because she was married to a black person. And there was no provision for that. But this is, it isn't the only time it happened. It also happened in Korea during the euphemistically called police action in Korea, that Korean girls became married American soldiers and they weren't allowed to take them back to the United States with them. Why? Because they were not white. So some people who came to actually fight persecution were also persecutors 
And we see this to this day. And this is a Muslim's duty to fight such injustice and persecution wherever he finds it. Just look at the list of African Americans who have been shot by white American policemen. A man is walking away from the police. He has his back towards the white policeman. He does not have any weapons. And the policeman sh shoots him in the back and claims that he was threatened. What was he threatened by? The man's color? The color of his shirt? What was threatening him? He had his back to you. In other countries, there is other type of persecution. Muslims are being driven out of places like Burma, for example, and they're getting into boats to try and find sanctuary in a Muslim country. Bangladesh turns them away. All these religious parties in Bangladesh, they want Islamic law, they want Qadianis to be declared kafirs and so on. But when Sunnis from a neighboring country who have been persecuted come to them seeking help, what do they do? They turn them away. Their navy tows their boats outside Bangladesh's territory, territory, territorial waters. Malaysia has turned them away. Indonesia has turned them away. So where is this Muslim solidarity and help that we hear so much about? I am rushing from England to fight in Syria because we are all brothers and my brothers there are being bombed and killed and so on. But what about these poor people? What about these Muslims who are trying to escape to Bangladesh and Malaysia and Indonesia? Why don't you help them? Fighting persecution isn't always about taking up arms. There are many ways of doing it. There's political agitation. Look at Martin Luther King. Mahatma Gandhi, how they tried to lead peaceful campaigns, they weren't peaceful. And this is where the Holy Prophet Muhammad and his hadith comes in. And he said that if you see something wrong, try and resist it with your hand. If you cannot, try and resist it with your tongue. If you cannot, at least never reconcile, never let your conscience reconcile to the wrong that is taking place. Of course, I have to say that it was a great achievement by the British people that they stood up to Hitler and his regime in the way that he did. And they fought in the way that they did. And when at one time in the whole world they were alone, they still did not give up and lay down their arms, despite many offers from, from Hitler. This is indeed something that they have to be proud of. But they have to remember they only got there when their leaders, like Churchill, followed the Islamic teaching which said to put up with persecution is much worse than engage in battle and killing the enemy or laying down your own lives. Whatever aspect of life, political or individual or business that you look at, 
whatever your religion, color or nationality, read the Holy Quran and you will find there is guidance in it that you can benefit from.